This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, use this time to nurture and grow our relationship with you. Speak deeply into our hearts and assure us of your love and presence in our lives. We pray this in the powerful and saving name of Jesus. Amen. As we gather for worship today, we're facing a whole lot of challenges. Gas prices are at an all-time high. I went to the gas station the other day. I I had just a half a tank, right? And then I filled it up, and it cost more than it used to cost when I was on empty. Grocery prices are outrageous. Inflation is at at least a a 40-year high. There's car thefts, high-speed chases, gun violence, political discord, poverty, racism, the war in Ukraine, and so much more. What is the biggest challenge that we face today? What do you think is our biggest challenge? If you're worshiping online, Why don't you go ahead and talk with someone you're worshiping with or put your answer in the chat room. And for those of us here at the Ministry Center, why don't you lean over to someone close by you and share with them what you think is our biggest challenge today. Go ahead. Thanks for participating. I submit to you that the biggest challenge that we face isn't out there. I submit to you that, that we have an elephant in our living room. That the biggest challenge isn't out there, but it's in here in our own hearts, it's our own sin and rebellion against God who made us, who loves us, and deserves for us to obey him. Today, as I mentioned earlier, we're continuing our, or beginning our our new series, Glad You Asked where we're going to be looking at the questions that many of you gave us. This is a series that you created. Questions about God, faith, and Christianity. And today, the question that we're going to look at is, if we're already forgiven, why do we need to keep asking for forgiveness? It's a great question. 
Because at the heart of Christianity, right, is that Jesus lived a perfect life in our place, died as our substitute on the cross, rose three days later from the dead, conquering death, and therefore by those things, literally wiping away our sins. So why do we need to keep asking for forgiveness? Why do we need to keep feeling guilty over our sins? To help us answer that question, we're gonna go into the book of Matthew, the first book in the New Testament, and we're gonna run into a friend of Jesus, Peter, and Jesus, and Jesus is gonna end up sharing a story with us that I'll read to you in just a minute. So let's go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 18. And this is the deal here. It says, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Now understand, back in the day, at the time that Peter and Jesus were walking on the face of the earth, the the teaching inside the church, if you will, is that you would forgive someone three times. That's how far you were to go. Three times and no more. They did any more, that's on them, right? So when Peter's going seven times, he's thinking he's going way beyond, okay? Way beyond what's required. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times, okay? And keep in mind, when Jesus said 77 times, he's not saying keep track of this, all right? Keep, keep a record of the sins, and then when you get to 78, that's it. No, he's just saying you forgive all of the time. Every time, okay? And Jesus goes on and shares a parable, a story, okay? So let's listen in. Jesus says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who went to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged. I'll pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, He found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me, I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. 
Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. So here's some things that we know about the story. The 10,000 bags of gold and the 100 silver coins, that's really not so much talking about money. That's talking about sin debt, okay? And so this one guy owed 10,000 gold bags and one commentator I saw said that that was the equivalent of $3.6 billion. Again, okay, $3.6 billion. But remember, this isn't so much money, it's about sin. And it's most importantly about that that sin is a debt that cannot be repaid. Not humanly speaking, it can't be repaid. The hundred silver coins, that's, that's that sin debt too. And we learn from that, that can't be repaid either. Even just one sin is beyond human capability of being repaid. Okay. What we learn in this parable, right, is, is that we've all sinned and we've all been sinned against. The one with the 10,000 bags of gold debt, do you know who that represents in the parable? It represents you and me. It represents our sin debt to God. The 100 silver coins, that represents the sin debt that others have uh, to us. They've sinned against us, okay? The apostle Paul knew Paul, the the great missionary, the author of like 13 books in the New Testament, he knew that he was one who owed 10,000 bags of gold because he confesses in one of his books that he's written, he said, what a wretched man I am. Not what a wretched man I was. What a wretched man I am. See, sin is no small thing. Sin is very costly. Sin is a big thing. We ask for forgiveness because sin is a big deal. We know that sin is a big deal because sin breaks relationships. There's a separation in the relationship. As we look into that parable, remember that was the guy who owed his master 10,000 bags of gold. There's a separation there. There's a difference there. There's a guy who owes another guy 100 silver coins. There's a separation. There's a difference there. We know that sin breaks relationships because every one of us in here, except maybe the youngest in here, we all have relationships that are no more because of sin. Either our sin or their sin 
or both of our sins. Sin creates separation and breaks relationship. When Adam and Eve fell into sin, it broke their relationship with God. They were moved out of the Garden of Eden. The prophet Isaiah, in in his book, he says in Isaiah chapter 59, your iniquities have separated you from God. Sin's a big deal. But don't get stuck there. Too many Christians and too many former Christians get stuck there. Okay? And when you get stuck there, you start condemning yourself. You start saying bad things to yourself. You start saying that you're worthless. Don't get stuck there because good news is coming. Okay? Think of it this way. The Mackinac Island Bridge, you've been on that? Some of you have. It's amazing, right? It's pretty crazy. Unless you don't like bridges, right? Then that's a tough one. It's five miles long. Took about 11,000 people to build. They used around a million bolts, a million tons of concrete, and 42,000 miles of cable to make. It's amazing. But that bridge is nothing compared to the Lake Ponchu train bridge in Louisiana. That one's 24 miles long, okay? almost five times the length of the Mackinac Island Bridge. But that bridge is nothing compared to the Danyang Kunshan Grand Bridge in Asia. That one, 102 miles long over $9 billion to construct. See, there was a lot of time, energy, money, and effort to make those bridges because people understand that sometimes to connect here with there is worth it. Sometimes to connect here with there is worth it. As amazing as those bridges are, as spectacular as those bridges are, they're nothing compared to the bridge that connects the God of heaven with the mankind of earth. The God of heaven and the mankind of earth. And the greatest thing about that bridge is is not its distance, but the material and the cost involved. That bridge was, was not created with bolts and concrete and cables. That bridge was constructed with joints and marrow and flesh and muscle and blood and breath of Jesus. This is how it was constructed in Romans chapter eight, it says, or chapter five. But God demonstrates his own 
love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Why did he have to die? Because the wages of sin is death. But don't get stuck there. Because the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. God constructed this bridge because God in his wisdom knew to connect you with him was worth it. To connect you with him was worth it. We ask for forgiveness of sins because it reminds us of God's great reconnecting love for us. Okay. Do you see the transition there? See, too many Christians and too many former Christians have asked for forgiveness, but have walked away without receiving it or accepting it. It was there, they just didn't take it. They came with guilt and they went away with guilt. Think about it, have, have you ever done this? Okay, and I have, so that's, but have you ever done this? You come up for communion, right? And you're feeling guilty, feeling bad, ashamed. You know, the, the scriptures do tell us before we take the Lord's Supper to examine ourselves to see if there's any sin in us. Okay? So we're coming up, feeling bad, we receive Christ's body and blood together with the bread and wine for our forgiveness. And you walk back to your chair, feeling bad and ashamed. Instead of feeling forgiven and glad and happy, which is what you really are. I remember this, this stuck me when I was in my first congregations. I'd see this people come up really remorseful and they go back to their chairs really remorseful. It's like, hold on. You got forgiveness here. It's okay to smile. It's okay to be pumped up. You're forgiven. Have you done that? You not only can... Confess your sins, but are you receiving the forgiveness that is there, accepting it? Asking for forgiveness is a good thing because it reminds us of God's loving relationship with us. Because when we see what it costs God to reconnect us with him, when we see what he was willing to pay, what he wanted to pay, what he determined was worth it, it melts our hearts. 
with love and gratitude. We're in awe that God loves us that much. Peter, the the guy who started this whole scenario in Matthew chapter 18 that I, I read to you before, a super, super close friend with Jesus. Although one night, you really couldn't tell it. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, Peter, this really close friend of Jesus, denies that he even knows Jesus. Uh, He denies him not by just being silent. That would have been bad enough, right? But Peter denies knowing Jesus vocally three times, (laughs) including the, the last time he did where he was just cussing left and right that he didn't know the guy. So Peter's pretty wrecked over this. Scripture tells us that he went out and wept. At this point in time, go ahead and and insert that thing, that regrettable, that sin that you're just so ashamed of. In fact, just go ahead and put all your sins into it right now. Jesus dies. Three days later, he comes back to life and he goes to find Peter. He goes to find Peter, not to read him the riot act, not to say, thank you for leaving me hanging, not to destroy him, Not to guilt him, not to shame him, but to forgive him, to heal him and restore him and his purpose. Jesus said to to Peter, feed my sheep. Earlier, he he had told Peter, you're gonna be a fisher of men. I've got ministry for you to do. He reinstates Peter. Drop the guilt, drop the shame. I've got stuff for you to do. Let's go. It would have been grace for Jesus just to have gone to Peter and say, hey, man, I forgive you, and then just walk away. That would have been grace. But it's grace upon grace. Jesus forgives Peter and restores him and his purpose in life. That same kind of grace, that same kind of forgiveness is for you and me as well. Because you see, forgiveness not only reconciles us, also restores our purpose. Forgiveness gives us confidence that God's on our side, that God is with us. It gives us confidence to go out and accomplish the purpose for which God has designed us. Asking for forgiveness is a good thing. It's a great thing. When we're talking about forgiveness and we go into the New Testament, The authors didn't think that once for all forgiveness, uh, the seminary term for that is justification. 
okay? That in turn means to be declared not guilty or just if I had not sinned. They saw no conflict between that once for all forgiveness, justification with the ongoing need to ask for forgiveness. That's sanctification. That's that seminary term for that, okay? It's the process of becoming holy, more holy, more like God. So they understood that we're forgiven, but we still ask for forgiveness. We see that throughout the New Testament, right? Jesus, when the prayer he taught us to pray, he said, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. It's ongoing. The apostle John says, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if you ask, are my past sins, present sins, and future sins already forgiven, then the answer is, it depends. If you mean, are my past sins, present sins, and future sins already paid for by Jesus on the cross? then the answer is an exciting yes. It's done. If you mean, are my future sins already forgiven so that I will never need to ask for forgiveness or confess my sins? Then the answer is no. When we confess our sins to God, when we're asking for forgiveness, We're humbling ourselves. We're surrendering ourselves before God. We are acknowledging that God is holy and that we are not. In other words, when we are asking for forgiveness, we're worshiping God. Forgiveness and asking for forgiveness is about relationship, okay? And we're acknowledging that God is great. When we ask for forgiveness, what we're doing is is we're for sure not taking God for granted. Think of it this way. You have someone close to you, right? And, And you love them. You still tell them that you love them, right? You don't say, well, I, you know, they ask you, do you love me? Well, I told you that 20 years ago. No, you, you keep on saying and showing that you love them. We, we shouldn't stop. They know it. We know it. That doesn't mean we should stop. We go to God asking for forgiveness because it's about a loving relationship. It's good. See, sin's the elephant in our living room, but there's something bigger in our living room than an elephant of sin. It's actually a a someone, and that's God. We don't have to be afraid to ask for forgiveness because it's about relationship. Think of it this way, religion 
is saying, I've done something wrong. I have to hide it from my dad. Ever been there? The gospel is, I've done something wrong. I better go to my dad for help. See, asking for forgiveness is confessing to God, God, I love you. And I trust you with my mess. And it's an opportunity to hear God's message back to us. God saying, I love you unconditionally more. As he points to the bridge of Jesus. Asking for forgiveness reconnects us with God, restores our purpose. It's a good thing. It's about relationship. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you. We acknowledge that you love us more. Enough to be the bridge to refresh us by reminding us of the good news that the gospel isn't, I'm perfect, but the good news is, Jesus, you already are. Melt our hearts with your love Help us to receive your love and share it. Pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.